I guess, you know, all of us are seeing that and, you know, we've got to ask the question this morning is, do we really mean it? Would we want more of God's love in our lives, more of his power? It can be quite scary, uh, but to pray that prayer, more love, more power. And as we were going through this uh, sermon series, we look at cultivating a, a spirit-filled life as I was preparing this week. I felt like the message this morning, very simple one, um, and I could actually get the time back just by saying this, God wants to increase your faith. I really believe that's a message for us. I think the church has, for years, this building was brought on faith. Ministers have been called on faith. Youth work was started on faith. All things that probably we thought, um, maybe not impossible, but quite a challenge. And I feel that we're in a time where God's asking us to increase our faith and remind us of what it means to come back to him in faith. Because the temptation, even in church life, is to do things in our own strength and think we can believe in our own abilities. Of course, God gives us that. Uh, but uh, if we rely on him and we increase our faith, he can do so much more than we could uh, think, ask for, or imagine. So I'm going to read a massive chunk of uh, scripture. I would have picked today, um, we're going to read all of chapter 11 of Hebrews. Uh, So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews. Uh, But I'm going to read uh, chapter 11 and just see what God says when we're using some other verses as well about faith. But Hebrews 11 is good because you can look back, if you haven't read the Old Testament, two things. One, go and read it. And two... Uh, this is a bit of a shortcut on the whole faith journey. tells you a lot about the story. But uh, here we are, Hebrews 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and as as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, 
And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and ill-treated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Now, in case you didn't get all that, I'm going to repeat it. (laughs) Right, okay, so here we go. So I can have faith in myself, and probably when I was younger, I did have a lot of faith in myself, but I let myself down, um, as we all do at some point. I'm very aware, as I said last week, of my own frailties, and I don't have all the answers. But this passage is all about faith in God. Faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we want to cultivate this spirit-filled life, we have to have faith. We have to increase our faith. Not all those stories were good ones. Uh, People getting sawn in two doesn't sound like a bunch of fun to me. Uh, But people had faith. And verse 1, right at the beginning, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Verse 1. And this series of Cultivating the Spirit-Filled Life, this morning we're looking at this passage about faith and some of these great accounts that are found in the Bible. Authentic, trusting, life-giving faith has got to be uh, a core part of living a life in the Spirit and being open to the Spirit's influences and power. There's many things that we can take for granted in our lives that we see, and, and, or say we, we, we see the influence of them, but we don't actually see them. Now, there's an obvious one this week. What do you think it is? Something that you don't see, but you know it's there. Wind. Right? You can't see wind. You can only see what wind does. You, know, you can hear it, uh, but you can only see what it does. You don't actually see wind. What else is there? I don't know if I'll turn the light off. Electricity. 
You can't see electricity, but you can see the effects it has. When, I, when you put a switch on at home, it's a thing unseen, but you have full confidence, you have faith, that when you hit that switch, um, the light goes on. Yes? Good. Um, it doesn't stop, does it? You think as you get older that you'd stop doing stuff like that. You'd, you wouldn't need to test it all the time. But uh, I like Indian food, and uh, we go for an Indian meal, and normally what happens is um, I have chicken tikka sizzling in the dish, they put a plate down, and obviously they've made the plate hot in the oven because they want to keep my food warm. It's very nice of them. And they say, watch this plate, it's hot. What's the first thing you do? (laughs) Yep, it's hot. You don't trust it, right? You haven't got faith for the plate. And all these things, you see the result, the effect, so you know it's there. So it's part of our ordinary lives to believe in unseen things and expect them to impact our lives. And as Christians... We're often called to live by the unseen things of God, sometimes when we don't understand what's going on. And sometimes we we should have more faith to expect to see the effects of God in our lives and our church. I've been amazed over the years in my life and ministry to see God, what God has done, both personally for us, but also in church life, ministry and families. As I've grown with God's help, as situations and challenges confront me, and I'm sure they confront you as well, In sometimes seemingly impossible situations, I've realised that faith has got to be at the heart of my Christian uh, walk because I haven't got all the answers. And I have to trust God. I have to have faith, and that's a daily occurrence. A faith that trusts in God, a faith that will take God at his word, that he will see me through, and a faith that leads to experience of his presence, sometimes miracles and circumstances unbelievably changed. There is no other explanation apart from God. And I've learned to trust when he acts, but also to trust him when he seemingly doesn't. Not a question of, can God do this? It's a question of, will he? And then I have to trust the outcomes, whether I like them or not. I won't always know the reason, so I have to have faith. And all of us have faith of some some sort, Uh, The question is, what kind of faith are you sitting there having this morning? Some people have faith, I think it's incredible faith, that we just came out of nothing. One day there wasn't life, and one day there was. And any scientist will tell you that is impossible. So who made life? But maybe we can come uh, to a different conclusion. I I used to know a friend of mine, I used to call him Jetpack Simon. You know why I call him Jetpack Simon? Because before he was a Christian, um, he said, this Jesus stuff, what a load of old twonk. He said he didn't want to walk on water. He was put there by aliens to spy on us, and he had a jetpack. So I called him Jetpack Simon. He actually became a Christian and a a minister. Um, People have all sorts of ideas about God and faith. I think you need more faith, personally, once you explore the evidence, to not believe in God than you do to believe in him. I think that's incredible faith. The Christian faith knows God as creator, uh, chapter 11, verse 3 there, by faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command. I mean, we've, we've, we're looking for loads of reasons for how the universe, universe was formed and how it happened, and it's all new theories. God created. Whatever way you think he got there, he created. He's the creator. And why is that important? Because if he created the universe, he created you. He created you. You're not an accident. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and the world needs to hear that. We heard that at CTB service last week the pastor of uh, the URC church, uh, Barnabas, great biblical name, encouraging bloke. And um, he spoke, but he said that, didn't he? He said the church's message is to go and tell people who are desperate, who are addicted, who see no way out, that they have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Very simple message, very profound one, though, as well. 
but he created you. You're sitting here this morning. You've been created. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God is our saviour and redeemer. And Hebrews 11 lists many of the Bible characters and all these great big acts of faith that maybe you don't think you can live up to. I mean, we've got Abraham who ups and left in in Genesis 12 onwards. Uh, He left everything not knowing where he's going. That's an act of faith. We've got Noah. Imagine getting a prompting to build a big ship and it's been good weather for a while and the ridicule that he probably suffered. But he was proved right. He had faith in God. Moses, faith not to disown his own people. We've got the walls of Jericho. Uh, By faith they were led out of captivity. All these great examples of faith. And these are all big faith stories. But you know, there's little faith stories all the time and you can miss them. And I'll tell you what the world calls them. They call them coincidences. And, but when you pray, it is amazing how many coincidences happen. But you've got to say, are they coincidences? Are they, are they of God? Loads of little ones every day. Now, you know the preschool have gone. Um, and so we've got this space upstairs. And there's two rooms as pastors we've claimed. Uh, because actually we can't be effective. We're too tight in there. Uh, we've got all these hot desks and it gets a bit busy. Um, it's great for swapping ideas and everything, but we can't get a great deal of work done. And uh, people come in for one person, it means all five of us are talking to them. So it's not been ideal, but we felt it was important to be on the premises because we want to do that. So these, these spaces came available, and we said, well, look, we don't want to go silly financially because we're not sure what's going to happen, but we'd love to move upstairs, which gives us... We can't meet people in there. It's very difficult. So we're in this process of doing that. And we prayed about it because we didn't want uh, too much expense the week after uh, we prayed about it, a church member here said, um, we've, we've moved offices, we've got this furniture um, and desks and shelves and we don't want any money for it, we just want you to come and pick it up. And uh, Kevin's leading a few people this week to go and pick it up. Coincidence? Simple. I mean, really, when you think about it, I know they don't always get answers as direct as that, but that is incredible. And I was speaking to Kevin uh, the other week, I said, it's strange, isn't it? Just as we're moving, all this furniture comes up for nothing. We'd actually approached a company that did second-hand office furniture because we didn't want to spend too much money. We're a bit tight. And, um, and then all of a sudden, we get the whole lot for nothing. It's still an expense, by the way, but um, we haven't got to pay for hardly any furniture. Little things. God is in the little things as well as the big things. So there's two godly faiths. If I can have the last slide, please, Robert. Please note it's the last slide. I had faith that it was coming. Um, two godly faiths. Uh, the first one, saving faith. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This faith is about coming to a place. This is what we're trying to achieve on Alpha this evening. And if you're sitting there and you're not sure or you want to brush up on the basics or you're not show, sure where you stand or you think there's no evidence, then come along 5 o'clock tonight. You're going to get some cake as well, which is nice. Uh, it's home opened. Uh, not homemade, uh, but, um, but we'll bring it along and um, we'll... Reminds me, actually, we've got to go and get the cake after. Okay. Um, so we've got this saving faith, and that's what Alpha's about. It's the beginning of a journey. To get someone to a point, and you're normally there after about the first three or four weeks, of saying, okay, I can see this is real, and now I need to do something about this decision. If this faith is about coming to a place, and I'm sorry if I'm rushing, I'm just aware of the clock a little bit, This faith is about coming to a place of recognising God in the world. It is not enough. I have conversations with people, they say, I'm okay and I believe in God. What they don't like is what I say next, which is, oh, that's good, so does the devil. It's not about whether you believe God or not. It's what you do with that belief. It's not enough. And when we realise that God is holy and perfect 
and he loves us. And we realise that he's still active in, the, in this world, that he is alive. But there's this problem where we've been separated because he's so holy and perfect, and we know we're not. So we're separated by sin. Major action is needed. And he loves us so much that he gets his son to come into the world, to become like us, to get into the playpen with us, take on our mess and put it on himself and go to the cross and deal with it, gives, his, gives us his righteousness. I'm declared right with God. It's called, it's called the uh, doctrine of atonement. I'm now at one with. And I'm now restored to God. And the Bible says that Jesus is the only name by which you can be saved. And I have to call on his name and I get saved from the penalty of sin. And I respond and I receive the forgiveness. I receive the love. I receive the privilege of knowing God. But it can't just be left there. That's one kind of faith. That's saving faith. It's got to be a life committed to following him and serving him in response. A life of love, not duty. That's the life of a disciple that has more than just saving faith. Not just saved, but living a life. A life that pleases God. Remember what the Bible said, without faith you can't please God. It's not enough to believe in God. You need to have faith in Christ. And and as I said last week, I'm a great sinner and I have a great saviour. And he pays the price. And if you don't know that, I'd encourage you to come on Alpha this evening. Come and find out for yourself. Read the small print. It's, um, It's conclusive and it will convince you, I believe. And take that belief on for yourself and ask yourself, are you truly seeking him today? That's the first faith. Uh, the second and last one, um, and I'll try and draw us to a close, is the ongoing, the ongoing faith. This is a challenge, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This was what the ancients were commended for. The challenge, isn't it, as we all know this, and this is where I believe God is calling us to increase. The challenge is to live by faith daily, not just to call on God for the saving bit, which is, which is important, but also that life. That is important, to get saved from the penalty of sin. But then to listen every Sunday or devotionally on the TV or the radio or your, your own uh, study of the Bible, to hear the Spirit of God speak through his word. And if we neglect that, if we don't increase our faith, it's going to result in a weak, lazy, complacent and apathetic church. And Jesus has words for churches like that. He calls them lukewarm. Too many churches in this country and the world shrink because of lack of belief, lack of faith. They're not really following God. Uh, They say they believe in God, but they're not really following God and they're lukewarm and they don't have an impact. We do not want to be like that. Remember, it's impossible to please God unless you live by faith. And and I, I stand here as someone who believes so much for us. And I have loads of conversations in the week. I see loads of you. And it's great that we're faithful people. But I do believe God is asking us to increase that faith. I believe so much for us. I believe that God can work powerfully through us, through all of us, you individually and corporately together. I believe that you personally can make a difference in this world. I believe that this church could grow so much more than you think. I believe that people will come into the kingdom... I believe that the church can have major influence in this world and it needs to increase its influence to be the true salt and light in a corrupt world. And the reason I believe in all these things is not because I have faith in myself, but I trust in the one who said he can do all that. And if I can't trust his word, then what's the point? I have to have faith in his word. 
On this rock I will build my church. He said he will build his church. He's been doing that from the very early days of 12 people to a quarter, uh, sorry, a third of the world now. People can say things to me and I can say things to you. They can say all sorts of things. But what it will come down to when they say, say to me is, do I trust them? Do I trust them? But it would not be trusted in God if I couldn't have faith in those things. Do I believe he could do that? How dishonouring that I could call myself a Christian and then not trust God in his word. And it comes from a reliance on faith and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The more we offer ourselves to the Spirit and the more we allow the Spirit of God, the more we're obedient, the more we say, I just don't want the saving faith, I want that ongoing daily faith and I'm going to trust you for more than I can possibly ask for or imagine. Now I like toast. Do you like toast? Had a few food illustrations, haven't we? We've had an Indian one. We're going to get a toaster one now. We've got a toaster, um, and it's got four things in there, so you can get four bits of bread. I like getting a big loaf and get a nice crusty doorstep, right? And I thought I'd cut it too thick, because I put it in the toaster. The problem with me with toast, so I don't have it often, is I need a lot of butter. Um, and so I only have it a, a, every now and again, but then I do really enjoy it with the butter. And... I cut these doorsteps and I put it in a toaster, I think it wouldn't go down. I'm like, oh, come on, it go down. I thought, I've cut the doorsteps too big, it's not going to have it. And I'm trying to force it down, I'm getting all frustrated. It's a toaster, it should work, it should toast my bread. Right? And then I realised I hadn't plugged it in. <laughs> a silly thing, really, when you think about it. I hadn't plugged it in. It had all the things of a toaster, it had all the stuff, I'd put the bread in, it was ready to function, but I hadn't connected it to the power source the thing that was unseen. I couldn't see the electric once I plugged it in, but I knew it was there, so I ended up burning the toast. So often, we're not plugged in. We've got to be plugged into the power source, which is of God. The toaster needed power, which was unseen, but I saw the effect. I saw my toast toasted. I bet you want toast now, don't you? I'm really quite hungry. Um, absolute faith that it would work once I realised I didn't switch, switch down. What do we have faith for? Are we happy with things ticking along as they are? We're doing okay. Could we ask for more? Could we follow Jesus more closely? Could we trust him wholeheartedly? And I can tell you, when you do that, there's real freedom because you're giving it all to him in prayer. We're going to be coming up soon a series where we look at the gifts of the Spirit because we've looked through the fruit, we've looked through character, and with faith, I believe we'll see those gifts manifest among us. Have we got the faith for it? Manifestations of the Spirit, signs of the kingdom, they're clearly linked in the Bible with the tenacity to live by faith and expect of God. You see in the Bible many cases of where there's a real living and active faith in God. Big things happen. And also a small warning now, the kingdom is a theology. We Sometimes we see miracles and sometimes we see healings, but we don't see them as much as we'd like. Uh, we probably don't ask for them as much as we ought to, uh, is another, another thing. But the king, there's a theology. The kingdom is now, not yet. It was perfect, it will be perfect, we're in, we're in here. And sometimes we see that future kingdom, where it will be perfect, break into this one. We'll see the healing, the miracle, the deliverance, whatever it is. Um, but it's not all the time, and I wish it was more. And one day it will be perfect. But we're to pray for those in-breaking kingdom things. And because it's the kingdom that's to come, there's no guilt when uh, maybe we don't see the answer to prayer that we wanted, because we've all got failing bodies. But sometimes we will. And I guarantee the more people you pray for, the more you'll see it. If you don't pray for anyone, you won't see anything. But we need that faith. 
But just guard against a pastor, a respected pastor friend of mine, once said to me, someone wasn't healed. And he said, they haven't got enough faith. I said, you've got to be very careful with that. I said, I think it's condemning. Um, and we just, you know, Norbert said, we can have the faith as small as a mustard seed and move a mountain. Um, and I've seen people actually that weren't even believers get healed. So I'm not sure about that theology whatsoever. I don't believe in it. But what I said to him was, if it's only about faith, then if you're really faithful, you'll never die. Because every time you're going to get ill, you're going to have, if you've got your faith, it's 100%, you'll always be healed. And that is not the case. And you've got to stop giving people that doctrine. All that does is put guilt and shame on people. We don't understand why God does it for some and for others. We need faith to trust him anyway. The kingdom is now, not yet. It's like, it's January, I think I've said this before, and it's supposed to be cold, wet and snowing, but you get a sunny day. It's not summer, but there's a glimpse of summer. And the next day it might rain. You think, why can't we have summer a bit more? But you will see inbreakings. But it's important to, to acknowledge that faith can release power. Uh, Matthew 9, 27 to 32, the blind men approached Jesus to receive their healing. He links it to their faith. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their eyes were opened. So there is a link, but let's not condemn. Equally, Matthew 13, 57 to 58, when people doubted, some of his own people, the anointing of Jesus, there was less miracles. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour except in his own country, in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So there is a kind of link. So you've got two examples there. Plenty of faith and healings, a lack of faith and a stifling. And again, the, God, the question to God is not can he, it's will he. And our job is to always pray for it and not be condemned if we don't see the answer we want and not to have pride when we see the answer we do. Jesus actually gives you authority. He gave it to his disciples in Mark 3, 14 and 15. He appoints the 12 and he gives them authority to heal the sick and drive out demons. I remember the first time I was challenged in that and I couldn't believe what had happened. There was a lady who'd been involved in all sorts of things and uh, didn't confess to any of it. And then we asked God's Spirit to come, and she spouted all this stuff out. And that was the afternoon for me and Andrew and another pastor with, with demonic uh, stuff, and she was freed. And, and we baptised her. And she now still lives in freedom. He gives us, uh, he gives us that, that, that ministry to go out and do it. Later on in Luke 10, Jesus delegates to 70 others to proclaim the kingdom of God is among you. The book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, you could say it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit working in Christians. As Christians today, you've been commissioned by Jesus to go out and discharge his ministry. The word is exousia. It's a delegated authority in his name. It means we can go out doing his will, discerning the spirit, because it's, it's not just a free-for-all. We have to be in tune with God. We've got a passage up there. You can look it up later on. I can send these notes to anyone because I know that I'm going fast. Uh, doing his will, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 12, talks about receiving the spirit who is from God who searches the deep things of God so that the mind of Christ will be revealed in our lives and situations. I was involved once with um, a wife. I wasn't involved with a wife. Um, <laughs> the wife had committed suicide and um, the, the husband was left on his own. The daughter called me into their house. She said, there's evil in this house. And, we, and, I, and I went there. And it was, you went in, it was cold straight away and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was a young minister. I'd heard about this stuff and... I thought, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, and uh, I said to God, can you give me a word, a word of knowledge? Can you give me something that, that will help me in this situation? I just don't know what to say. 
And uh, two words came to mind. One was witchcraft and the other was Buddha. And so I said, if I said witchcraft, I had to go with it. They just came straight into my head. I said, if I say the word witchcraft, does that mean anything to you? She said, no. I said, your mum wasn't in... I said, I know it's really difficult. She wasn't involved. No, nothing. Okay. And there was other people there. I said, you might, you know, we go through the house. And we got to the the bedroom and... um, and she went through one of the drawers and said, oh, look, there's 10 books on witchcraft. And over the next few months, she got emails from other witches in the area having a go at her and everything else. Turns out there was witchcraft. And uh, we had to pray about that and cleanse. And again, that person got baptised. And then I went downstairs, all the curtains were closed. And I remembered God, I felt, had given me the other word, Buddha. And I said, um, what about Buddha? She goes, oh, my mum loved Buddhas. I said, did she? And she opened the curtains, and I'm, sent, I'm not kidding, hundreds of them in the back garden. And it's just words from God. And I had to pray. I was totally reliant on him. I didn't know what I was going to say in that situation. God says he'll give you the mind of Christ. We just have to ask sometimes for those words. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So um, verse 12 uh, of uh, that 1 Corinthians passage, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. There's been times when I've prayed for situations where I've just prayed for the situation. God, have your way. There's been other times when people have said things to me and I've had a rise of faith, not manufactured, it just comes to I don't believe that's God's will, and I want to pray against it. It could be about not being able to get pregnant, it could be a healing, it could be my husband will never be saved. And those things have then happened. It's been incredible. Uh, verse 16 of that passage, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We sang it. King of kings, majesty, God of heaven, living in me. What an encouragement for you so that you can allow the Spirit of God to transform your mind, that you can make a difference in this world. And all of this leads to a confident faith, not just that saving faith, which is important. It's important if you haven't got that, come on Alpha, come and see me, do whatever you need to do, but put that right. But not just a saving faith, but an ongoing, confident, powerful, effective faith, which I believe God is calling us to do as a church. And the question I want to leave you, you don't have to shout out the answers, is, is just in your mind, and go home and pray about this, how would you describe your faith today? Is it strong? Is it weak? Do you not believe in God for his promises? Take, take the faith that he gives us. It's available to you today. And as a church, let's increasingly learn to take God as his, his word. He will build his church. Rob Jones said, Jesus is looking for a people whose quality of faith and confidence in him will not be shaken by the difficulties this world brings into our lives and churches. What we see is that when the Lord gives us his name to call on and use, he gives us permission to not only live under his authority, but to see that authority discharged into our lives. When we call upon the name of Jesus, we enter into a place before God where we can receive his power and blessing. When we trust in the name of the Lord Jesus, we open ourselves up for his power and authority by his Holy Spirit to be manifest in our lives. Courage, perseverance and risk. Not being happy with the predictable and the safety of sometimes what we've got. The comfortable Christian experience. Let's be challenged this morning to take a plunge, to take those steps of faith, to step out in faith uh, and ask God, like the disciples did, Lord, increase our faith. Or the father of the demon-possessed boy, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. Verse 33, and this is the finish onwards of Hebrews 11, shows a great list of how God used faith to change situations for his glory. And we, look, we can look at our country, we can look at the world, we can look at our politics, we can look at our church, you can look at your life, you can look at your relationships. And we have to have faith 
in them. Look what God did in that list. He conquered kingdoms through people because they had faith. He administered justice through faith, gained promises. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames, weakness turned to strength, power in battle. They routed armies, but they had faith in God. And without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. He rewards those who seek him. Let's be challenged this morning and this week. If we're prepared to let the Spirit teach us and release that Christ-like faith within us and just see what happens. Pray for faith. Share anything you have with me or one of the elders or leaders so we can collate them. Maybe it's the first time in that saving faith. Do something about it. And maybe for the rest it's the ongoing, powerful, effective faith. Get the toaster plugged in. My own faith, um, you know, I, I, God is constantly teaching me. And I remember uh, uh, when I first started at my other church, I thought, what this church, I don't know where it's going, I don't know if we've got enough musicians, I don't know if we've got enough money, um, how's it going to go? And, but people were really faithful in prayer. When they had prayer meetings, they, they were quite large. Uh, we prayed against the, the spiritualists that were meeting in the pub. Three months later, the pub got shut down. You know, be careful what you pray. pray prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Our prayer meetings need to be full up. Imagine, what do you want for this church in your own life? Get together and pray. We have opportunities in this church to do that. And my own faith, people would pray. I'd say, look, can you pray for growth? I was unashamed in that. I want the church to grow. I want this church to grow because I believe people have to come in the kingdom and the, the church is the best form of evangelism done through the local church, gathering believers. And they prayed and prayed and prayed. And not because of me, but because of their prayers. And Spurgeon used to say this about his church. The church grew. In fact, it trebled. It was the fastest growing church in the EBA. And it was prayer that did it. And it was all to God. They dared to pray that. And they got it. And they were expectant. And they were disciples. And they said, just for your glory, God, do these things. And it was amazing. Just imagine if we got serious about prayer and what we asked for and faith. I believe, I really believe God is asking us as a church to increase our faith, to increase our prayer, to take it seriously. Not a burden to go to, but it's gonna ch- it can change the church and the surrounding community. I really believe that. And if you've got the faith for it, let's go and do it. Let's c- tap into that faith. Plug in the toaster. That's the image I want you to keep. Plug it in. Don't be a Christian that's got no power. Uh, you, you have access to this enormous power. I'm going to pray for us because I think I've gone on now. Um, Not too bad, five minutes. Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture, um, a meaty passage full of the Old Testament stories, the realities of a God that's working through faith in people. We don't know why, Lord, but it seems when our faith is increased, so do your miracles, so do the way you can change situations. I pray for everybody here, whatever they're going through. They may not get the answers they want, but I pray, Lord, on a day-to-day basis, they would increase their faith. That even when things don't go according to plan, they'll say, well, I trust in God, and I will have faith in God. Even when they see the things unseen, they don't know the circumstances, they don't know how it's going to work out, they will say, I will put my faith in God. And I pray for us as a congregation that we can ask for so much more than we can imagine. And you can do immeasurably more, your word says, than we can ask for or imagine. We take that word as its promise and say we trust the one who said it and we want to ask for great things. We want this church to grow. We want the community of believers to grow in Billericay and the surrounding areas. By faith, 
Dave and Preeti go out and they're employing over 100 people making coffins out of banana skins. It, it, it would be laughable if we just all of a sudden thought about that. Now they're employing people, people are becoming Christians. They're praying with other faith groups. They went out in faith. And there's so many stories, Lord, that we could talk about, but they can pass us by. So help us to trust in the things unseen. Help us to trust in you and give us the faith that I believe you're calling us to, to achieve great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen.